it was the fourth quarter. The game happened to be, it was either tied or it was, it was a really close game. Everyone's still watching it. And we ran our ad and the website crashed. What is good futurists? It's Michael Zakan, founder and creator of Our Future, the business podcast for young people where you, the listener, will get exclusive industry insights and career advice from the brightest minds in business in short, high energy episodes hosted and brought to you by yours truly. I'm excited to say I'm back from my first ever vacation and starting this pod back in May. It was definitely funky not grinding the pod every night, but I really enjoyed taking time off and I'm back locking the heck in now that the pesky schoolwork is out of the way, finished my finals, coming to you live with some of the best business content in the world. My next guest is Carolyn Tish Blagette, former global head of marketing at Peloton, the fitness startup that revolutionized home fitness and as of today is valued at $40 billion. That's $40 billion with a B. I'm going to say it again, $40 billion. And Carolyn built up the brand from scratch. It started off with almost no awareness and now it has a cult following, a diehard following. Without further ado, let's dive into this awesome interview. Did, did you ride your Peloton bike this morning? You know, I knew you were going to ask that. And I almost, without fail, almost every day, I can show you my app. I do do some version of Peloton, not always the bike, sometimes a stretch or a strength, but I just started Zoom. I have three kids. One just started Zoom school today. One is back in person. And then the baby was hungry. And between the three, I, I'm wearing un, under this sweater, I'm wearing some exercise clothes and I'm hoping after this. That's good. Sneak do you, a 20 minute class. In. Do you, yeah. Do you curl the babies while you're riding the Peloton? Are those your weights? I should. That's a great idea. It's a good idea. That would condense the time that I don't need to do arms after. Yeah. I'm going to do that today. I'll let you know how it goes. So I was had a revelation last night because one of the halls that I frequent at Michigan is named after your grandfather. That is correct. My grandparents met at the library steps at Michigan. Wow. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of stories yeah. about people meeting their significant other at Michigan. I'm just I'm just mad that you didn't go. I know. Well, I know. I was trying to, you know, forge my own path. But yeah, my daughter that I was talking about before, her name is Penelope and she was the, the P was named after Preston, my grandfather who was at Michigan. Wow. Yeah, I so remember we have uh, the link even without that. Yeah, I remember watching I actually rewatched the MIT Sports Analytics conference you were at and uh, I saw your daughter was in the audience and um, oh, nice. You, sh you shouted her out, which was nice. Um, <laughs> I did. So, Carolyn, Pepsi is like a proving ground for marketing. I guess, what did you take away from starting your career off with like a company like that, like a really big company uh, where you got to learn a lot and kind of just sink your teeth into like the marketing world? Um, how do you look back on that as like a, a stepping stone in your career? I think there's so much you can take. There's so much value in working at a big company particularly a place uh, for marketing, at least like Pepsi, where they're, you know, really known for their marketing. There's, I, I there was so much value um, for me in that. And I think I really understood how decisions are made in big, complicated organizations. I understand things like a matrix organization and how things happen globally versus locally. I understood, um, you know, how people progress in their career and what are the types of things you need to do to get ahead and, and get noticed in a big place like that. So I think even if eventually you want to end up in a smaller, nimbler organization, which, you know, for me, after having worked at Peloton is is more probably right for me personally, there's so much value you can get from starting in a, in a big place like Pepsi. 
you joined Peloton. I mean, I, I mean, maybe we can even back things up and just talk about the, the like the concept. I know that the founder, John Foley, uh, had tried to like pitch Peloton unsuccessfully to thousands of investors. He said, uh, kind of one of those, you know, that that path to to just starting a business. One of those stories. I, I guess you know when you joined the company, where where was everything? I mean, obviously, it didn't have the cult following it has today. So this, the, the story you're talking about is definitely, it's John's, John's incredible and the, his co-founders um, entrepreneurial vision of they had this vision that you, that there was boutique cycling and boutique exercise, which was the fastest growing part of the fitness sector. And the classes were mo- fun and motivating and you really wanted to be a part of them, but they were expensive. They were inconvenient. They only really existed in, in the big cities at that point. And then there was home exercise, which was um, convenient. Obviously, it's in your basement, it's in your living room, but it was really boring and you never actually ended up using the equipment. You know, a month later, it became your clothes hanger. And they had this vision that what if you could take the best of both worlds and combine them together and create this completely new category? They really believed in it. But as you said, most investors didn't. And they all, you know, a lot of the investors they talked to said, you know, that's not, you're going to make hardware, you're going to make the software you're going to produce the content like that's absolutely crazy and no it's too complicated it's it's too hard it's too expensive and no thank you by the time i joined they had they did have investors that were believe that believed in them but it was still very much the early days they were um you know there were tens of thousands of members at that point our aware our brand awareness was close to zero and even, you know, among my friends, when I would tell my friends that I had left Pepsi and I was going to work at, at this um, company called Peloton, they would say, you know, oh, you mean SoulCycle? I'd say, no, I mean Peloton. They'd say, oh, no, you mean Flywheel? I'd say, no, I mean Peloton. And at the time, people just didn't really realize that this was not, you know, the third tier spin company. This was, this was a company that was going to revolutionize the fitness industry. And that yeah. was the founder's vision. And, you know, that's what I really bought into and why I went. You know, it's, it's crazy to think how Peloton was all about like the in-home workout before, you know, that was even forced on all of us. I, I think the model is so unique, right? Like you have the hardware, the software, as well as the content. How, how, uh, how, how long did it take for you to, to fall in love with the product when you got there? Did they have them in the office? Uh, yes. Although the first office when I started working there was a WeWork on 29th and Madison. Um, so it was not that appealing to work out there. But yes, I fell in love with the product pretty quickly. I fast forward to having a child and and trying to go back to work. And I saw how difficult it was to fit in. I mean, going to the gym is think about you know, your commute or an exercise class. It's your commute there. It's waiting. And then you have to wait and take it and wait for the shower line. And bring all your clothes and just everything about it was so inconvenient. And it was taking time away from either mm-hmm. my job or my daughter and neither of which I was really prepared to do. So all of a sudden I had this, um, you know, equipment in my living room that I could get that same incredibly motivating instructor led class, but I could have it in the comfort and convenience of my own home. So mm-hmm. I was sold on the product really quickly. You probably don't drink a Mountain Dew every morning, but you do work out every morning. So I guess I guess kind of the distinction there is what is it like to go and work for a company like in marketing where you you yourself really love the product? Because I feel like there's a lot of companies where the marketers like they're just trying to pitch something, right? They're just trying to right. sell something. In your case, you know, this really changed. Uh, this was an amazing model that like really helped you and an amazing product. 
uh, in your life. How did how did that kind of uh, influence kind of the lens you took on, on on marketing it? So you are right, Michael. I do not start my day with the Mountain Dew. But I have to say that working on a brand like Mountain Dew, where I, I was not the consumer, is one of the best things I could do for myself as a marketer. It was such a, so as um, you asked before about working for a big company and what's that like, I think one of the best experiences you can have is working for a brand and a product where you're not the consumer. Because if you think of marketing as a blend of art and science, you really have to rely on the science and you really need to understand the data and the insights behind a consumer when you don't have a gut feeling about them. So for example, when I worked on Mountain Dew, I launched this product called Kickstart, which was the higher caffeine version Great of commercial. Mountain Dew. Thank you. I worked on, on those commercials. So you can- yeah, so funny. Hey, pass me a Kickstart. Yeah, so if you can think of that commercial, and now it seems like the little you know of me, obviously I wasn't, you know, my gut feeling wasn't, yes, this commercial's resonating with me, right? So I had to really rely on the consumer insights to say, this is what I think about this target. Do I think this is gonna resonate with them? And that's so much harder to do when you don't just look at it and say like, yes, uh, does it appeal to me, right? So fast forward, going to a place like Peloton where I it was, really easy to say, oh my God, a work, busy working mom who loves to exercise, of course I'm the target and just do everything that would resonate with me. And that's a really slippery slope. So what I think, what one of the things that I really pushed my team on in the early days and, and pushed the founders on is yes, we are all part of the target because we probably wouldn't be working at Peloton if we weren't but let's not take that for granted and let's still do the consumer research. Let's still do a deep understanding, a deeper dive of who this target is so that we make decisions for the entire target base, not just for ourselves. There's some huge moments during your career at Peloton. Is there, was there a moment that you were like, wow, like there, there really is something here in terms of this community? Uh, was, was there a celebrity that shouted you guys out? I know there's a lot of organic press, like, there were a few and there were there were many moments also where we started to say, oh, my God, maybe we're doing something wrong. But there were definitely a lot of moments in the early days that were really exciting and felt like, you know, we're on to something. One of the moments that I probably think about the most is um, it, there was an NFL playoff game um, in January of I think it was I always forget the year. I think it was 2017. And we were just starting to test our way into doing TV commercials. And we, so we bought a spot in the play, in the playoff game. I think it was the Cowboys and the Packers. Yeah, Cowboys, And it happened Packers. to be one of those. Yeah. Okay, great. So it was one of those, you know, perfect buys. It was the fourth quarter. The game happened to be, it was either tied or it was, it was a really close game. Everyone's still watching it. And we ran our ad and the website crashed. It was this moment where we said, oh my God we're onto something because if we just tell people about Peloton and if we get our message out there, because remember I said before, our awareness was really low when I joined mm -hmm. and this was only a few months later. So we said, you know, wow, if we get our message out there, then people, it really matters to people and people are going to want to seek more information and go find out more. So it was this kind of tense moment between the tech team and the marketing team of like, why didn't you guys tell us how much traffic we were going to get? Um, but in retrospect, I think we all look back on that moment and said, wow, like we're really onto something from a product perspective 
And we're really onto something from a marketing perspective Wild. that people really want to hear our message. That's crazy. Website, website crushing uh, clicks on a, on a football game. Wild. I know. Let, let's just talk about Peloton, like their, their suite of products and services. Like, I'd love to break that down because when you joined the company, it was, you know, a bike and that is the core product. But can you, can you give me kind of a, a brief overview of the different parts of the business? Like today, when you look at Peloton, you know, there's the app, you know, there's, can you, can you walk me through that? It's no longer just a bike. It's actually multiple bikes right now, right? We have the bike plus and they have the bike plus and bike. Um, but beyond that, as you said, there's this, this app, which is so that, sorry, then there's also a tread. Um, and there'll be a, there's a tread plus, and there'll be a tread later this year, which is, uh, you know, different versions of the hardware, but that is a portal into running classes, um, bootcamp classes, which are fantastic hiking, walking, all of that. But then there's this app, as you mentioned before, which is really a portal, uh, for not that much money and no hardware into the entire Peloton ecosystem. So think, basically think of any type of exercise you would want to do instructor led version of it. So yoga, strength, um, bar, meditation, um, as I said before, boot camp. there's also, there's indoor running to do on a treadmill. There's also outdoor running and walking. So all of a sudden with one Peloton, Peloton subscription, you have access to an entire world of fitness. Peloton came into this world with a really, really great superior exercise bike for the home. And then you guys expanded into treadmill and, and a few other things while you were there. Even me, like I'm interviewing very accomplished executives like yourself, but now I'm kind of getting into career education and helping students figure out how other students have landed the jobs they have. And I think there was anxiety there, like like bringing something new into into the into the the flow. Um, you know, how how can a company kind of expand into new areas? Um, in Peloton's case, it was like the tread at first when you were there. Like, how how can you navigate that in a way that kind of can reduce that anxiety? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question. And I think it is an area, you're right, that a lot of companies stumble. I goes back to what I was talking about before about really understanding your consumer. So if you really know what your consumer cares about, then you will launch your next product will be something that resonates with them. And it's either your current consumer or if you if you really understand who that future target consumer is that you want to be that you want it to be your current consumer you will build a product that resonates with them. So I think for the tread, it was really easy for us to say, we know that there's you know, multiple reasons why people are buying a Peloton bike. We know there's multiple reasons why pe some people aren't, one of which is that they're not indoor cyclists, they love running, and running is actually much bigger than indoor cycling as a market. So let's go build a product that resonates with that person. And I, you know, I think in the example that you're talking about for your own business, it's thinking about, okay, we, I know why these, my consumers are listening to me every day. These are the other types of things that they're interested in in a day. And so I'm going to launch a, a, you know, a next suite of products that appeals to that part of their, you know, the rest of their day. It's almost like thinking about um, either you, you're either appealing to the same consumers and adding more on to the day to like a bigger pie of what they do in a day or you're appealing to a new consumer that's addressing a different barrier um, to purchase that that they're struggling with and, and why they're not already your current consumer. Sort of thinking about it in, in yeah. those two ways and figuring out exactly, you know, which consumer it is that you're targeting and why they care. Just to round things out, Carolyn, it's been an awesome combo. I really enjoyed learning about uh, the, what, what got on at, you know, the kind of the marketing genius at Peloton. 
What is your piece of career advice to someone who's my age, 20 years old, who's just about to, to launch off into their career here? Yeah, so much, so many things that I would maybe do differently. I think one of the things I, when I was in your shoes, I think I, I'm a pretty type A person, probably come through loud and clear in this podcast. Um, but so I really thought of everything as, as a career is very linear. So in my mind, it was, you know, you take this first job that that's going to then land you the next job and then that's going to get you the next one. And it was really, you know, you can't see my hands because we're just on audio, but like it was a straight line. And um, looking back, my career actually didn't end up being a straight line at all. And it kind of, it was much more roundabout and I would have never, this role at Peloton kind of fell in my lap and I would have never gotten there if I had continued down the straight line that I thought that I was going on. So I would say, um, you know, if I were in your shoes right now, if I were giving you advice in your shoes, I would say be open to it not being a straight line and be open to a career kind of taking dips and curves and, and a more roundabout path. Because I think if you're so focused on, you know, getting to just the, this exact next thing that you think that you that you want in your career, you're probably going to lose sight of a lot of other great opportunities that um, you might not have been open to if you had just kind of kept your head down. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Carolyn Tishblajet, former global head of marketing at Peloton, who shared some amazing insights in marketing and some awesome career advice with us on this podcast today. Carolyn did emphasize the importance of understanding your audience, and that's exactly what I want to do. I want to learn about you and what kind of content you like listening to most on this show. There's a Google form linked in the description, so please fill it out. Provide me your feedback so I can make this podcast better for you. Again, thank you for listening. Appreciate your vote of confidence, and as always, stay frosty.